0: Let us give thanks and pray. Dear Father, we come before thee this evening hour of grace, asking first of all that thou would be with us and hear us as we even pray unto thee this evening. We are thankful this evening that thou hast been with us even today, that we have been able to hear thy word and to partake of the body and blood of Jesus. Dear Father, open this unto us, how great a matter it is that the blood of Jesus was shed for us and that his body was broken for us on the cross of Calvary because of thy great love toward us and because a payment had to be made for sin and it was for our sin dear father how can we thank thee enough that even unto us have been promised in thy word everlasting life unto us we thank Thee so much for this great blessing that we have been called to be Thy children, and that yet, even in this dark times, that yet Thou hast preserved living Christianity for us, that there would be a place where we could dwell and live safely, and that we could yet hear Thy holy and precious Word. And, dear Father, even this evening hour, that open the Word unto the brother, that we may yet hear and be fed once more by Thy holy and precious Word, that we may yet journey one more day on that way to that leads unto everlasting life. Dear Father, bless our country. Protect us even in this last night, di- in these last times, even though our country is so ungodly, and so many times that the rulers of our country are going in the wrong direction. But dear Father. Hold over us thy grace and mercy and bless us still and preserve us even unto the last times and preserve our congregation. Bless us that we would not fall astray. Bless the dear young ones that we have in our midst, that they could stay in Christianity and that they could find Christian husbands and wives so that they could grow up in this congregation as blessed as thy children. Be with those who are in the middle of their life, and even now, even this evening, we remember especially the elders, even those who are not able to be with us tonight. Comfort them as they are waiting for that day when thou will call them home. Dear Father, we wait for that day when we also will be called home, to be in heaven forever with thee. We desire to see thee. Dear Father, bless us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: Next
0: song is 232 in the small book.
2: May the grace, the mercy, and peace of God, our Heavenly Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be multiplied unto us again this evening hour of grace, through and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have just sung with the songwriter, Yet a Moment We Must Tarry in the tents of Kedadria, but the voice of our Bridegroom soon he'll call us home from here. Yes, soon it will be that our Bridegroom will call us home, home from this pilgrimage journey, this place that we abide in which is not our home, only a place for a time, until that day comes when Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, will come again. will come again to collect his own unto himself, even as we heard this morning so preciously the words and the admonitions and everything, the word that we heard was very precious to our undying souls. Again, I, I come before you, even as Brother Marty mentioned this morning, with trembling, and shaking, because it is not an easy place to be here, even with the small gathering that there is tonight, which I'm thankful that there are even as many as there are, because it is such a responsibility to depend on the Spirit to reveal the Word. And it is the responsibility of those who are sitting in the pews to say a prayer unto the Heavenly Father, and I ask that you do, that you will reveal His Word, that He will reveal His Word unto us, first to me and to you who are listening, and that you might... Sigh a prayer unto the Heavenly Father that he will open your ears and your hearts to receive that word with joy. Because it is such a joy to receive the word of God. And when we have reached and have received that peace that Jesus himself gave when he appeared behind the closed doors, To his disciples and he greeted them with peace peace be unto you oh that peace is so precious it is so very very precious to the soul when we can have that peace in our hearts that peace that passeth all understanding the peace of god when we know that our sins are washed away in the blood of Jesus and that we are the children of God, that we are one day going to be with him in heaven above and he will keep us and he will lead us on that way. I've chosen to read a couple of different portions of this text here found in the second chapter of Hebrews beginning with the first verse, reading a few verses, and then skipping a few, and going on to later ones. We will read this in Jesus' name. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. Skipping down to the ninth verse, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church I will sing praise unto thee. And again I will put my trust in him. And again behold I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And deliver them, who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on himself the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted he is able to succor them that are tempted Amen We read these words that Apostle Paul who has written to the Hebrews, I believe it is. There might be some question who wrote this, but either Paul or Luke. And he begins here by saying, therefore, why? Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed in the things which we have heard. We've heard the word. We heard it this morning. We've heard it several times and that's good, good advice that we would take heed, more earnest heed, as it says. We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. We have heard very clearly the way of salvation. We have heard how a child of God ought to walk. And we have heard so many things what God has done for us and how that Jesus came unto us. We ought to take more heed to the words that we have heard. And this goes for everyone, young and old alike, that we do not forget. Forget what we have heard. From our childhood on, perhaps, We have heard the way of salvation. We have heard of the love of God, the love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We have heard how he had to come down from the glories of heaven to this sin-cursed earth. Why? Because, as we heard also this morning, because of the sin of our first parents, They disobeyed God, they obeyed Satan, they listened to Satan and obeyed him rather than obeying God. And from there on, we have carried sin upon us. us. And this flesh that we carry is corrupt. And it says, the scriptures teach us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none good no, not one. And so we want to take heed, earnest heed, to these words that we have heard, that we have been taught even from our youngest childhood on and from the Sunday school, from the Sunday school teachers, from the speakers behind the pulpit, from our parents, and from all those who have been willing to, to speak about the love of God. And so we want to hear that. And why? It says, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, is it possible that we would let those words slip from us? It is possible because we are so weak in ourselves. We of ourselves cannot remember even what we are supposed to do but by the Holy Spirit we can be strengthened. And we ask that the Holy Spirit, we ask Jesus that he would send the Holy Spirit unto us that would strengthen us and would allow us to remember these words, that we would not let them slip from us. Then it says, for if the word spoken by angels were steadfast, we know that the words spoken by angels, they were steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. We know that the angels spoke unto many of the prophets in the Old Testament and, and spoke very clearly unto them, and those words were steadfast. They were very, very true. and they were words because they were given by God through the prophets and through the angels through the angels to the prophets even as Zacharias was told when when he was going to have he, he was going to have a son his wife's wife would have a son he did not believe it but the angel said that you will be You will be dumb, you will not be able to speak, your tongue will be tied until that son is born because you did not believe it. So you see that the words spoken by the angels, and there were many other instances, were steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape, it says? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? No, if we neglect the salvation that is provided unto us, we will not escape that punishment. And that punishment is great. Those who will not accept the word of God or receive it into their hearts and believe it, Who will not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ they will receive that reward that is due them which is everlasting damnation they will not be with that with that throng on the right hand side when Jesus comes again when he says to those on his right hand side come ye blessed of my father and inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, those who have rejected it, those who have rejected the word of salvation, they will be on the other side. And they will hear the words, go ye away from me, cursed. I never knew you. Into that lake of fire that lake of fire that was not intended for God's people at all. It was intended for Satan and his angels, but who are the angels of Satan? Only those who follow Satan, who do not follow and take heed to the Word of God. So we do not want to be angels of Satan, followers of Satan, but rather we want to be followers of God, of His Word, and to continue in His Word all the days of our life. So how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord? We know when Jesus was here upon this earth, He taught His disciples and in turn His disciples also and and so that was which was spoken by the Lord it was confirmed unto us by them that heard him the disciples in turn after they were empowered from on high after the day of Pentecost when they were when they received the Holy Spirit they, Proclaim that word unto the people, and it has come down through the generations, and that word is still being spoken and taught in the churches of God, probably not in all the churches, because many of the churches do not do not believe in the whole word of God, but in the churches that preached the word of God, then that which was, which was taught uh, began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. If, if, we, if, we, if, we can, if we escape, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? There is no escape. There is no escape if we neglect so great a salvation. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. We remember that when Jesus was here upon the earth, there was so many things that he did, the miracles that he did, divers miracles meaning many different kinds of miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. He did all the things that that while he was here upon the earth he healed the sick. He made the lame to walk. He made the deaf to hear. He made the blind to see. He raised the dead. And so many things, miracles, did God, did Jesus, the Son of God, while he was here upon the earth. And while I was thinking about this, he did this, as we read it, in a natural way. But has he stopped doing it now? I don't think he has still stopped doing it. Now, if we think about the things that he has done in in days past while he was here, he made the deaf to hear. Has he made you to hear the word? You who were deaf to the word of God, has he made you to hear the word? He's made the blind to see. Has he opened your eyes, the eyes of the spiritual eyes to see Jesus? Can you say, I see Jesus? Do you see Jesus in your heart? Do you see Him by the spiritual eyes that He has given you? Have your eyes been opened to see God, to see Jesus, your Lord and your Savior? He has made the lame to walk. Yes, He has given us, He has given us feet and legs that we can walk to and fro to bring that word to others he has opened our mouths he has made the t- he has made the dumb to speak he has given us that authority to even bring forth the forgiveness of sins that we heard about this morning even when we were commissioned by Jesus himself to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins unto all the penitent, to the whole world, to preach repentance and the remission of sins to the whole world. The whole world does not, will not hear it, will not receive it, but to those that will receive it with a humble and contrite spirit, they will receive that forgiveness of sins because we have been given that peculiar power, that peculiar power to proclaim sins forgiven unto a penitent sinner now we know that this is something that most churches they do not use this power they have not received it themselves so they cannot use it the power to proclaim sins forgiven unto a penitent sinner these are something that we have to be so joyful and happy about, because Jesus has given us that commission, he has given us that power to proclaim sins forgiven unto a penitent sinner. And we know that Jesus came to pay the price of sin for the whole world. He didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to condemn anyone, but he came to save the world from sin. And he took the sins upon himself, the sins of the whole world. Can we comprehend this? Can we fathom this? That he took the sins of the whole world upon himself, your sins and mine and everyone else's that even that had committed sin before he died on the cross. He paid the price for all sin. So there is no one, there is no one that can say that he has not paid the price for their sin. There is no one that can say they have such a great sinner that he has not paid the price for their sins. He has paid the full price. There is nothing that we can do but to receive it unto ourselves. To receive the blessing, receive the grace and the mercy that God himself, through his son Jesus, has given unto us and proclaimed unto us that we are his children and that we will be with him one day in heaven. And then I'll just skip over to the next chapter for a couple of verses, a few verses, because I thought they were so appropriate to this part, it says, take heed, in the 12th verse, take heed brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Is there in any of you an evil heart of unbelief? Young or old, I hope that there is not any who have an evil heart of unbelief. But that unbelief is so easy. It is so, so prevalent because this old flesh that we carry, that we have to carry with us until we are placed into the grave or taken up and changed in the twinkling of an eye. It is so prone to unbelief because it is so So uh, there is so, so much lust in it and there is so much desire to partake of the things of the world and it is so prone to falling into sin. And like we heard about that warfare, there is a warfare. There is a warfare, the flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And it's a constant warfare and it has to be. While we carry this old flesh with us, it has to have be a warfare because we cannot, we cannot go and live because Satan won't leave us alone. That's why there's a warfare because we carry this old flesh with us, and it is an enemy. It is an enemy. This the flesh the the uh, the flesh that we carry is one of our greatest enemies, Satan, sure, certainly all, we all know that Satan is an enemy, but our flesh is an enemy also. It wants to carry us away. It wants us to, to leave our thoughts of God. It wants us to think about the things that this world has to offer. Yes, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all this we carry with us. And it is difficult. It is difficult, but we have one that is victorious. Victorious over sin, death, hell, and the devil. Our Lord and our Savior who has arisen from the grave Who died for our sins and bled and shed his blood for our sins, and he was buried, and he descended into hell, but he arose again. Hell could not hold him, death could not hold him, Satan could not hold him. And that's where it came true that the promise that God had made to Adam and Eve, even when they were driven out of the garden of eden that the son of that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent and the serpent will bruise his heel and that's what happened when jesus went down into the pits of hell he bruised the head of the serpent the serpent could not hold him satan could not hold him death could not hold him and Nothing could hold him, and he arose victorious over sin, death, hell, and the devil. It says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. I hope that there's none here that would even have any thoughts of departing from the living God. But even if we don't have those thoughts, But if we fall into the temptations of the sins of this world, if we fall into the temptation of Satan, and remember, Satan is very cunning, and he is as sly as a fox, and he beguiled Eve, who was without sin, and he can beguile us if we are not very, very careful in depending on the Holy Spirit to lead us and to strengthen us because don't think for a minute that we can stand the, the temptations of Satan by our own strength. We remember that when Peter the disciple, the apostle of Jesus, even when, he, when Jesus said he had to go, be taken and put to death. No, Peter said, no, this cannot happen to you. I will die for you. He was speaking on his own strength. And what happened then? When Jesus was taken prisoner before the Sanhedrin, Peter went and followed, and he warmed his hands by the strange fires. And they asked him, three times they asked him, that you were one of them. And each time he denied it. And a little while before that he had said he would die for Jesus. Now he was denying that he even knew Jesus. He denied him three times. But Jesus had already told him that before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. And so it was, and when the third time that he denied even knowing Jesus, the cock crowed. And Jesus, as he walked out, he looked at Peter, and Peter noticed, and he remembered what Jesus had said, and he went out and he wept bitterly. He remembered, and he knew then that no, he has not the strength. Himself, and it's the same as we. We do not have the strength of ourselves to support Jesus even, only by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's so important that we continue to ask that the Holy Spirit would strengthen us to keep us, that we can walk on this narrow way of life without faltering But if we do fall, remember that there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness for every yet, everything yet, because the doors of grace are yet open. They have not been closed yet, as they were in the days of Noah, when the rains became, started to come, and Noah, God told Noah to go into the ark, and God closed the doors of the ark, He had preached for a long time, for 120 years or so, and the people would not believe the word. But when it began to rain, then they began to believe. But it was too late. Too late, God had closed the doors of the ark, and they could not enter. And and Noah could not open the doors. No one could open it, because God had closed it. That's the same way same way that it's going to be on the last day when the days of grace are over, when God closes the doors of grace. There's no one that's going to be able to open them anymore. That will be too late for anyone who has neglected so great a salvation. Now it gives, in the 13th verse, on this this, uh, third chapter, First, I'll read that twelfth verse again. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the Lord God, from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, exhort one another daily. This is instruction for everyone. exhort one another. We need one another. We need the help and especially the young. Oh, we pray that you would exhort one another and as we heard this morning about the two boys that talked with Brother Mari to pray for them and we want to pray for the young. We need the young. We need you because who would carry on this gospel, if the young do not take a hold of it, if they do not preach and exhort one another to help one another along the way, and this does not only go for the young but for every one of us, we are to exhort one another to help one another on this narrow way of life because it is such a dangerous journey. It is a dangerous journey because there are many enemies along the way and we need the help from one another. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. It doesn't do us any good if we only have a little, hold steadfast for a little while. We have to hold this confidence steadfast unto the end. The end when Jesus will come again, or when we are taken from this earth, and then says that while it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Harden not your heart. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Receive that word unto your hearts. and. Allow that word to enter into your hearts so that you would know that Jesus loves you, that he wants you to be with him. He is calling softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. He is calling us because he wants us to be with him forever and ever. He wants us to be with him while we walk on this earth. He wants us to be his followers. He said, Take up your cross and follow me. Then in the we, we read here then that while it is said today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, for some when they had heard did provoke, how be it not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom, swear he, that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief. They could not enter in because of unbelief. I hope that none of us here have that heart of unbelief, but that we would believe fully that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, that he is the one that has paid the price for our sins, that there is nothing we can do but to trust him and to believe that he has paid it all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Yes, he has paid the whole price. Okay, then it says that uh, in the thirteenth verse of oh, saying, "I will." The twelfth verse saying, "I will declare thy name unto my brethren." In the midst of the church, will I sing praise unto thee, Jesus? Will declare his. Declare his name, our name, your name unto the brethren. Who are the brethren? The brethren are the children of God. And your name will be known unto them when you trust in him. And you confess your sins and have them washed in the blood of Jesus. And again I will put my trust in him. And again behold I and the children which God hath given me. We are the children that likewise took part of the same. Jesus took part of the same. Yes, he took on flesh and blood when he came down here upon this incursed earth to be born of the Virgin Mary. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That means that he, his father was the Holy Spirit and the mother was Mary who bore him. So he became true man and true God. He was true God because he was God from the beginning. And he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But he was true man also because he took on the, the flesh and blood of man and he was born of the woman. And so he was true man and true true God and true man. And why did that have to be? Why was it that he had to be true God and true man? He had to be that way because there was no one on this sin-cursed earth that was without sin. There was no one that could be that sacrifice that God demanded, only his only begotten Son, Jesus. But couldn't he have just come down No, because it was man that sinned, and he had to take on the flesh and blood of man. He had to be born of a woman, to become true man. And he then was able to be that supreme sacrifice, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world, even as John the Baptist pointed. Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And so he took upon himself the flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. And that is why he was able to destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil, and he destroyed him. Why then do we think that The devil is so strong yet, and he is. He is so strong yet, but he is not victorious. Jesus is victorious. He arose from the dead. The death, hell, death, and the devil could not hold him. He arose victorious, even as it says that in the 10th verse, for it became him. "...for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings." The captain of our salvation. He is the one, the captain that we follow. Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to follow that captain? Yes, absolutely I want to follow him, because he will not lead me astray he will lead me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And deliver them who through fear of death, now this is why Jesus came, to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Yes, before we come to know Jesus, we were in fear of death because we were in bondage. And Jesus came to release us from that bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. It wasn't the seed of angels, or the life of angels, the nature of angels. He took the seed of Abraham, meaning he was one of us except that he was without sin, and he was able to deliver us from the power of this, power of death and from the bondage that we were in. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. We have been reconciled to God through Jesus, through what he has done for us. And he has reconciled us unto God and we are God's people, God's children now. And oh, what a wonderful thing it is. What a wonderful joy it is to be able to say that I am a child of the King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I am his child and I am on my way to heaven. Oh, what a beautiful thought it is when we can be assured That there is nothing, nothing that can hinder us when we trust completely in Jesus and follow Him. For in that He Himself hath suffered being tempted, He is able to succor them that are tempted. Now we know that Jesus, while He was here upon the earth, He was tempted by Satan also. And every time he was tempted, how did he answer? He says, it is written. It is written. It is written. What is written? He's speaking of the word of God. That he, it is written in the word that we should, that we should trust in God. That we would not tempt God. That we would not fall into the clutches of Satan but we would trust in the promises of God and he is able to succor them it says he is able to help help us he is able to give us courage he is able to encourage us when we are tempted and he is able to lift us out of that temptation into the glories of his dear son. So may I just encourage everyone, young and old alike, doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are, we are all walking this journey together. And we want to, as it says, again, I want to read that verse 13 in the next chapter, exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Let's talk to each other. Let's help each other along this narrow way of life. Oh, I feel for you, teenagers, young ones especially, I know that it is very, very difficult. It is hard to continue on this narrow way of life. But if you help one another, it's going to be much easier. If you see one falling into the temptations of Satan, falling away. Don't just push them aside. Help them, as we were asked even last night, to pray for one another and to help one another, to speak to one another. Don't just let it pass by, but speak unto one another and encourage one another and tell them what a wonderful Savior we have. And what a dangerous journey it is if we begin to walk in the ways of this world. Because when Satan gets a hold of one little finger, pretty soon he'll get another one, and he'll take your hand, and after a while he'll take you by the arm, and he'll take you all the way. So don't let him even grab that little finger without going to somebody and asking for help and going to that one who can give help who is Jesus, your Lord and your Savior. Oh, what a precious thing it is that we can turn to one another and remember where the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is within you. That means that it is within the children of God. That's where we can find the kingdom of God. And when we turn to one another then we are turning unto God also. But but God wants us to pray without ceasing, asking him for strength along this way of life. So may I encourage each one, and especially the older ones that are still striving on this narrow way. We don't have many, many days left, perhaps, but we do not know the day or the hour that the Son of Man comes But oh, that he would give us the strength to continue believing, to trusting in him, and oh, the joy that awaits us when we reach that heavenly home. It is such a joyous place that we cannot even with this model tongue explain what a wonderful place that heaven is going to be. But it is something that we want to enter in and may God help each one of us to continue until that day comes when he calls us unto himself to bring us into that heavenly home. We ask it in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank thee for thy word. We thank thee for thy blessings. And we do ask that thou would continue to Lead us by thy Holy Spirit, that we may walk in that precious word, and by that Spirit. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. board will meet Tuesday evening at 7.30 here at the church. And then our fall services will begin Thursday at 7.30, continuing Friday evening at 7.30, and then finishing with all day services on Sunday. The services Sunday will be at 10.30, 2 and 6. On uh, Friday evening, group 8 will serve coffee. Group 4 will serve Dinner on Sunday, we're asked to bring pot roast and either apple pie or apple crisp for dessert, and group five will have supper, and group one will serve coffee. In closing tonight, we'll sing song 223 from the small Book.